that to me, that's fine. I'll make sure that we, you know, everything runs smoothly with your breakfasts. That's a word, but multiple breakfasts. You'll do that. But what do they? They devoted themselves to the teaching, right? The preaching of the word, the teaching of the scriptures. We do that every time we gather. But it also says they devoted themselves to fellowship, biblical fellowship, right? So there's a difference between regular fellowship and biblical fellowship. Regular fellowship is, this is what most churches do, regular fellowship, inside or outside the church. You have a, a ball game on, you invite a bunch of church people over, you eat, you have a great time, you watch the ball game, and everybody leaves and goes home. That's not biblical fellowship. That's just regular fellowship, okay? And you did a great job in regular fellowship. Biblical fellowship would be, we're going to discuss what we have been called from the apostles' teaching, and we're going to discuss our spiritual condition. And so that would be determined biblical fellowship. And so we as a church, we want to be found faithful in fellowship within the church and outside of the church. And so last week I had you draw around the tic-tac-toe board and to put your household right in the middle and to fill out every square around it, your neighbors. And to begin praying for, just like Isaiah did, bring their spiritual condition to the Lord and then allow that to be a model or a map for you to be able to start having biblical fellowship with your neighbors so that uh, your neighbors can come to know Christ. There's a reason why you have the address you do. And that's so your neighbors can know Jesus. I, we're not perfect at it at, by no means uh, but at all. Um, and so we have to be uh, intentional in our fellowship. Sometimes fellowship comes to you. You can have great um, conversation with people. Uh, and so it happens all the time. My question for you is, kind of an odd question, how do you fellowship? Right? What does your fellowship, how do you fellowship? What does it look like? Well, I've got a couple uh, that I think have done a wonderful job of fellowship. Now, I'm not boasting in them at all, and they're not going to come and boast in themselves at all. They better not. I'll they'll just remove you uh, really fast. Uh, <laughs> fellowship later. Uh, they're not going to do that. But what they're going to do is I've asked them to come and share what fellowship looks like to them. And how they've been able to overcome some of the, uh, I guess, the hardships of fellowship. And so, if you would, you'll give a warm, Easter welcome to Carrie and Amy Arnold. So, you guys will come on. Uh, I have two microphones for you. And so, say what? Just done a fantastic job in my eyes of fellowship. 
when we were at the marriage retreat this past uh, February, we found out a lot. Um, well, we found out a lot. Uh, but not about Karen and Amy, but we found out a lot. But they really good at riding motorcycles. Anyway, uh, we found out a lot. But what we found out was during the time of our uh, marriage retreat, every couple had an opportunity to stand and just share something they're thankful for. This is what I'm thankful for. Praise the Lord for this. And what I found out was a number of those couples, as they were sharing what they're thankful for, they said, I'm thankful for Carrie and Amy because they invited me to church. And so I felt like, okay, I'm going to make note of that. And, uh, and so I just want them to share. I, I sent them some questions, and I will tell you this. If I, uh, I will tell you. look bad for everybody. Uh, I will tell you this, this was a lot more difficult uh, questions I tried to come up with with fellowship. But, um, one of the, the first question is, uh, when you think of fellowship, what comes to mind? Uh, and so don't give a you know, Sunday school answer, but uh, when you think of Sunday school, but when you think of fellowship, what comes to mind? You go with that one. Is it scattering together with Christian people? Obviously, when you look at our sign over there, it's part of our mission statement as a church. But why is it important uh, to always have fellowship on your mind? Is that how is that how we're successful in fellowship? Is it important to always have it on your mind? Why is it important to um, have this idea of fellowship, biblical fellowship, gathering, spiritual condition of people always on our mind? Well, I think it's because. I don't think a day goes by that God doesn't give you an opportunity to fellowship with someone, whether it's uh, someone in your small group or someone that you may not even know. Uh, I just think God brings people together and puts our paths in such a way that uh, we cross uh, for uh, equal benefit. I don't meet with you, whether we plan it or not. God's got to and if we don't have it on our mind at all times, we may miss an opportunity that we're supposed to be taken care of. Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's important to you know always have the scriptures on our mind, and that's what the, the scriptures teach that. Uh, but also have fellowship on our mind all the time because there are opportunities. That, you know, for us to have it may be a three minute moment of fellowship, uh, but it also could turn into something even more. Uh, I, I went into Dollar General yesterday. It's our favorite store. Um, but I went into Dollar General yesterday, and there was a young lady there, and I was dirty. I mean, I, we'd been up here, you know, cleaning, pressure washing, and things like that. And, and uh, so I, I just, my pants were dirty. I was, my hands were just dirty. And, 
Um, and so I went in Dollar General. I was rushing because that ball game to get to, but I had to run in there and get some flower seeds or whatever. Uh, all right, uh, Alex called them. Can I get some of those bird seeds? Uh, but anyway, uh, and so uh, the lady in there, I was uh, as I was handing my stuff over, I know I didn't really notice, but my hands were just so nasty. And I said, oh, goodness, I am so sorry. My hands are so dirty. And I said, I've been at my church just a, a clean, day, clean up day, you know, just pressure washing, doing things. You know what she said? I've been looking for a church. What church do you go to? I said, oh. So I looked behind me. There was nobody behind me in line. I was instantly not in as much of a hurry. Uh, I just forgot about me being in a hurry. And so I had fellowship on my mind. And so uh, I began to talk with her and, and tell her about our church. And, and I often don't tell people I'm the pastor here. Uh, I don't think they would believe me if I did. Uh, so dressed like that, probably not. Uh, but anyway, I invited her to church. And, I, and she goes to Jackson State. And she's a sweet, sweet, sweet young lady. And uh, so I, I jotted all of our information down and gave it to her. Just a moment of fellowship. I only had about two minutes. Uh, but it was a great moment, I think, because fellowship was on my mind. Uh, you know, then, and so it, it's just good for everybody here to know to always have that on your mind. This idea of fellowship, because there are a number, like Gary says, number of opportunities that God puts in our path, right? Because we don't live where we live for just a random reason. We live where we live. We have the address that we do to have fellowship with our neighbors. God has, has ordained those times to happen. We don't work where we work just by random. We work where we work because. God ordained and uh, put us there for the very reason of fellowship, to have fellowship and identify spiritual conditions. So, let's well, I think I think it should be important to us to, to seek out the opportunities that God gives us for fellowship. Sure. Because, uh, God's fellowship with us is important to Him. Sure. Uh, he desires that, uh, that relationship with us to Him, so it should be important for us to seek Sure. Yeah, I think it, I think fellowship with other people comes from our constant fellowship with the Lord and being in constant relationship with Him. Uh, when you look at Isaiah, the, he was in fellowship with God through prayer and worship, and immediately <coughs> in fellowship about his neighbors. Um, so let's talk about identifying. So we the three words we use for outreach is identify, invest, and invite. How do you identify people? So lost, unchurched, uh, don't know. Uh, maybe your neighbors or co-workers or just friends or family members. How do, how do you guys, how do you identify people in your life to get to the point where you have fellowship and best in life? Well, sometimes I think, sometimes I think it needs to be an intentional thing uh, where you, you actually seek, whether you got Walmart or Dollar General or gas station, wherever else, you intentionally seek to initiate a conversation and join a fellowship with someone. But like I mentioned before, I think God's enjoyed the word sovereignty. In God's sovereignty, uh, He just puts people out there for us and we just need to be sensitive to His leadership. And just like the lady mentioned you yesterday, you could just put <coughs> off in the sure. But uh, sometimes it's really easy. Y'all will move somebody in next door to you, or you move in next door to someone else, and it's just uh, 
God just makes it easy for you. What are some of the signs you look for? Right? So people that you may meet or co-workers, what are some things you look for? Whether it be in conversations, things that they may say, it's just what signs. They say. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I'm so sorry. Like we had a neighbor um, when we lived on Bellman Drive, and they were looking for another church. And so I just got in there, took the opportunity, and invited them here, and they started coming here. And then, this might be jumping ahead, but we were having a, um, a gathering at our house of our small group. So I said, well, I'm going to come and meet some of the people. And that's what got them there. And then they came and, and had a great time. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think like Gary said, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. That was easy for me at Dollar General yesterday. I mean, she set it up for me. I've been looking for a church. But I try to, in every conversation, bring out my walk with the Lord somewhere, right? So if I couldn't have said anything or I couldn't have said, man, I'm so, I'm so sorry, my hands are so dirty. I, I'm sorry about that. And I, I didn't have to say anything. But I'm always, in my conversation, I'm always wanting to mention church. Something about church, relation with the Lord, something mentioned that out loud. And so in that moment, it was just an easy segue for me. I am so sorry. I'm just, I am nasty. I've been in our church of just pressure washing and cleaning. I didn't actually pressure wash, but a lot of you did. I appreciate you. Uh, I got dirty from rolling the hose up, I think. I think that's the only thing I got dirty from rolling the hose up. But, uh, but it, that was an easy time. Right, but I, I tried a way to make it happen. Other times that, that you you mentioned and talked about in your own life, people will if you talk to someone. I mentioned this. You talk to someone for at least two minutes, they will tell you, or you will hear from them uh, something in their life that should trigger you to know something about their spiritual condition. Right. So well, how's your day going? Well, it's going fine. But is it really? It's going great. That's a trigger button. That's a that's a moment where you trigger and you can go into conversation about well, would you tell me about what's going on? I'd love to pray for you. And we love to pray in our church. I just want to pray for you. And you can bring prayer into the conversation. Uh, and so there are just some ways that you and I can push this idea of fellowship along by listening to some of the trigger comments or you talk to somebody for less, I, will, I guarantee you, two minutes or less, if you have a conversation with them, uh, they will share with you something about them that you could move right into a moment of fellowship with them, uh, and they can tell you about their spiritual condition. Sometimes uh, an opportunity will come along, like if, if someone just introduces you to something. We had that happen not long ago. Uh, our daughter's son in law introduced us to a couple that moved in next door. Yeah, that's a, uh, a neat story there uh, with, uh, with them, and we hope that they'll become So you identify people, you listen to their conversations, you uh, listen to things they tell you, you have a bad day, they're, uh, maybe a loved one just passed away, they're just having a rough, you notice they're having a bad day at work, or uh, just through their conversations, or if you're on social media. You know, people say things and post things on social media that can kind of trigger your mind about their spiritual condition. 
uh, or things they're going through in life. And so uh, that can help too. So if we identify those, so we've identified how do you guys invest in some of those people uh, that you've identified either unchurched laws or you're not really sure? Well, for me, it's uh, you mentioned social media. Just send a text or, or make yourself available to, to help someone or take them somewhere or whatever else it may be. Uh, being willing to give up some of your time. It may be free time that you want to do something else, but uh, maybe just sacrifice a little bit of your time. I think it means a lot to people when, when you put some of yourself into their, their life, their need, you know, what, what they have going on. There's a lot of ways we invest in people. Uh, conversation. Most most people you know, when, you, when it comes to fellowship and investing, most people you know you already invested in. You already know, them, right? So they've, they've been your coworker for years, or family member, or neighbor that you've known for a long time. You already invested in them. They know you. You know them. Uh, and so, for most people, that's an easy thing investing in them. But ways you do invest in them is having a conversation with them. You have a Sunday school get together, invite them over. Um, you know, you don't even have to have a Sunday school deal. Just invite them over for dinner. Invest in them. You know, like Carrie said, open yourself up a little bit. It's a little messy, but open yourself up a little bit to your neighbors or coworkers. You know, you might have coworkers that you know they're just they're lost. And they do not know Jesus. Invite them over to your house. Invite them over. So I would love to have you over and plan it well. We love to have you over this coming Friday night or Saturday. We're just, man, we just love we're gonna be cooking out and we just love if y'all come and hang out and stay on stay on top of them and, and be able to invest in them that way. Um, what happens is when you invest in people, you show them that you care about them, that you love them. I love you, I care about you. Um, it's not all about just getting a little cute, right? So that's not it. It's not that's not we're not trying to build a big church by bringing people, right? We're more uh, worried about transform lives and hearts. And so I don't have to just invite them to church and how many people can we get to church. Uh, although that is great, but it's not about that. And so we find ways we are creative in how we invest in people, we invite our neighbors over, have a neighborhood party, you know, and invite a lot of folks like over. The couple he was talking about just now, we invited them over this past Friday night to help us move. <laughs> but we fed them supper. But they were, I think, they were, they're new to being in this area, and so they were looking for some friends. Sure. So, uh, you know, that they're spending time with friends, and they helped us, so that made them feel good, too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, well, there's a lot of ways we can invest in people. Uh, social media is a great way. Texting people, calling them. How are you? I noticed that you're having a bad day. I just wanted to reach out to you. Uh, see how you're doing, how your family's doing, um, find ways to invest in people and in their family, and, uh, a lot of ways to do that, we can be creative in, in how we do that, uh, and so, you know, if Easter's coming up, you can have an Easter egg hunt in your own garden by your neighbors, uh, things like that, and so, we want to be creative in how we invest, but we can't invest if we don't identify, uh, and we have to always be conscious of identifying those around us, so, and once you invest in people, when it comes to inviting, uh, and you invite them to church or to, uh, to relationship with the Lord, what are some responses that you guys have gotten in the past? And, uh, 
some responses that people, or maybe excuses that people have given you. Because I think for a lot of people, they're just scared. They're nervous about what they're going to say. You know, I don't, I don't know enough about Jesus, or what if they say no? You know, what if they reject what I say? What are, how are you guys going to handle that? What are some excuses or uh, responses people have given you? Well, sometimes they're just pretty blind about it. They just tell you, they almost don't like about that. Yeah. You know, I you know, stay in lane, bro. Sometimes it takes more than one invitation. Uh, some, I think we're, we're bad about going and checking it off the list and why am I? Sometimes it may take more than one invitation. To get someone involved, to get them into a fellowship type situation, relationship type situation with someone. So, you know, you stay persistent. Sure. And I think sometimes they're uncomfortable, to, especially if they're not church people. Right. You know, they think there's churchy people. But I just try to relate to them that we're all normal people. Right. Just doing life. And, you know, sometimes that happens. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of people who are unchurched or lost, they view the church in a certain way. It's in a negative way, actually, because they've heard negative things about the church. But what most people need to know, what your co-workers and friends and family members need to know, is that you are just like them. You need Jesus. You need the Lord. You need grace. Uh, you're not better than them because you have Jesus. You didn't choose Jesus, so there's no way you're better than them. Uh, you're just, you ought to be thankful that God chose you and saved you and brought you out of that miry clay. Uh, and so people are nervous about that. You know, I've had people say, oh, well, I just, I, I'm not coming on prayer to come to hypocrites. You know, I just say, well, come on, we got room for one more. You know, uh, just bring it on, brother. I mean, we got room for another one, don't we? I mean, hey, look, we got some room. I'm going to bring the second service. Now bring it on, man. We're, 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 we would love to have you. Uh, and I think sometimes when they learn I'm the pastor, they come just like the people being the pastor there. They must be some messed up folks. And I say, well, I don't think we are. And that's so I'm okay with that, aren't you? Aren't you okay? I think I think for so long the church has pushed away lost people because we have put our nose up to them as if we're better than them. No, we used to be one of them until somebody invested in us and loved us and told us of the gospel. Invited us to church. Uh, and so you can get a lot of reasons. I'm not going. Okay, I'll ask you again next week. I don't care. I will cause you to come just so I'll leave you alone. I, that's the man I'll get church. You know, don't do that. Uh, I, uh, can, I, can I tell you that it pays off more often than not? Uh, just, just an instance of an example something happened. I had a guy come up to me and said, uh, Miss John Sunday School last week. Nothing great about that, right? Well, here's a little bit of the background on that. This is someone we have been looking forward to for a long time to, to get into our, our class, our small group. And asked open, open, open. And it happened. This person now is, is coming. <coughs> Faithful, so they're plugged in. Right. So it was pretty neat for, for me to hear that from someone that we have been anticipating here in the class. And they they said to me, uh, 
Baptist. They said to me, I never thought that I would say this to you, but we missed you in Sunday school. I thought that was cool. Last week. We weren't here yesterday. We weren't here last week either. <laughs> it was just pretty neat. So it, it pays off. I mean, God works. So, who in here, just a question, who in here, um, who in here has Comedies of Boca or, um, you know, maybe you visited or started coming uh, to Savoga, uh because Carrie and Amy invited you, or they talked to you about coming, I don't do anyone, um, invited you to come or uh, they invested in you. So, if I raise a hand, raise a hand, some people in here. Uh, so there's folks in here that are here, and I know in the second service, I, I wish everybody here could see the people in the second service. Um, over, I mean not over, but maybe half of the people in our marriage tree. I mean, it was just unbelievable, the number of people. Um, and so what we learned is most times people will come if you just invite them. Just invite them. And that's all they're looking for is just an invite. And someone to love them enough to invite them. Easter's coming up in two Sundays. What a perfect way, perfect time to invite Easter. As a former Sunday school director, uh, statistically, eight out of ten people come to the Yeah. They're just waiting. They're just waiting for somebody to say, "Hey, you want to come to Sunday school?" We're having to get together at the house next Saturday, Friday night. Just asking for them, you know, wait for the invitation. Sure. Yeah, I didn't have to change our mindset. I think it's got to be here. Uh, it doesn't have to be. Uh, hey, I want you to come to our church. Or I want you to come to our Sunday school. I will meet you in the parking lot at such and such time. Here's where I'll meet you, and you'll walk with me. Because it's that's nervous for people uh, to come on their campus. Cars are flying everywhere. You know, we're in transition from one service to another at Sunday school, and there's so many people. Where do I go? How do I get there? So uh, I will meet you in the parking lot out front, and you'll come with me walking. So we talk about yeah, and, and too many times I think we we put. Fellowship in box. We fellowship at church before after services. We fellowship after small groups. Right. Small group. But uh, yesterday, we had fellowship here yesterday at the work. So I mean, it can it can take place. It don't have to. It doesn't have to be a church. Sure. Yeah. Not as many people had fellowship. Not as many. Talk about fellowship outside the church. What about inside the church? Real, real quickly, uh, you guys are in a small group uh, that came out of a small group, uh, so you're in uh, the whosoever class, and uh, that class maybe Steve might can help me. Maybe about six years ago, five years, four, five years ago, five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, it actually two classes merged together, right? Yes. So two classes, both classes were just real stagnant. We're really doing anything, um, just kind of stagnant, no fellowship in the class. So we brought the two classes together. Um, you know, I, we'd be able to part them together. I was teaching that class. Steve comes in, he starts teaching uh, without knowing it. I was going to turn it over to him. And, uh, and so I do that, and then it blew up, man. It just exploded into, you know, a lot of people. So that class started growing, growing, growing because they did fellowship well. They loved each other. They cared for each other. They called each other when they had issues at home or, you know, uh, procedures. They have fellowship times outside the church. There's laughter in their fellowship. Uh, 
in Sunday school. And so that class began to grow, 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 grow. And then God began to put in the hearts of people in there to come out and birth a new class. Uh, and so now, Carrie uh, and Amy and Joe and Julie comes out of there, and they start a new class. Well, now that class has grown into a large number. And whosoever class has grown back up to a large number. And, uh, and, and because of this model that they have, they do Sunday school right. They do it well. Uh, they, they love one another. And they're not, they're not the only ones. There's other Sunday school classes that do a fantastic job. Um, there's another class that, that's just doing a great job. I think this class, Madison, and I think the other class that was just first out with, um, with Josh and Kevin and then Darian, and then there's other classes that are just doing wonderful. But what does fellowship look like inside the church when it, when it comes to your small group? What, what, are, what, what do you love about it so much and enjoy it so much? And why is it important for everyone here to be involved in a small group? Well, I think it just goes back to the opportunity to invest into each other's lives. We talk a lot in our class about doing life together. And, you know, we're encouraged all throughout Scripture, especially in a lot of Paul's writings, about how how we're supposed to, what we're supposed to look like as a, a fellowship, a church fellowship, a small group fellowship. And that's encouraging each other, lifting each other up, just being available for needs needs that we have within, within the class, within the church. And just, just the privilege of getting to know people. Like I mentioned a while ago, it's got to be important to God. His desire is not a personal relationship with us. Personal, intimate relationship with us. So that should shine a light of importance on us to have a personal relationship with each other. And, and just to be able to encourage and help each other out. And last week in Sunday school, Two weeks ago in Sunday school, I don't know, I had the, uh, I had the podium and my week teach, but I don't know how I came up with when we were talking about how how God brings people together, and I was telling uh, Mike, uh, Mars, uh, I got to thinking during the week, uh, how did how did God take a, a guy from West End? West End, and, and a guy from Detroit, Michigan, and, and bring our lives together. And, and what's his plan for that? What's he got in store for our relationship and, and where we're going to go with that? So it, it's exciting to me just to be able to to, to bond relationships and, and build and, and man, just be yourself. A lot of times, me being myself, I get in trouble. Uh, sometimes Billy Hill comes out, and uh, I get in trouble for that kind of thing. But, but just being real and, and, and being, being available to, to be part of someone's life and just do life together, I think, I think that all <coughs> Yeah, so next Sunday we'll look at fellowship within uh, within the church, within this life, and community and, and breaking for small fruit and why it's important that we want to share some great opportunities and, and ideas. Uh, you're from Detroit? That explains a lot. I, I get it. So I, didn't, I didn't know that. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Well, nobody retires and goes home. The next week, I want to uh, just talk to you some about what that looks like. We're going to look at identifying the best in the light and 
the life of a small group and how important it is. Listen, our church is the size that if you're not in a small group, uh, you are missing out on the great purpose of the church and the community that we gather and we get from being in a, uh, a local body of believers. And so uh, it's just the way it is now. If you're not in a small group, you are desperately missing out on what the local body of believers is supposed to be and the community you gain from it. So I want to encourage you if you're not in a small group, come find me. Pastor Randy would love to help you out on that. Uh, I think what is so great is a lot of our Sunday school classes, man, it's like a competition when they see new folks, you know. It's, it's just like you, you're coming to our class. And, and there was some folks there yesterday that uh, was helping out, and, and, and someone said, did they go to Sunday school? And I said, well, I'm not sure. And so uh, that just triggered something in old Detroit's mind over there. And uh, he ran after me and said, hey, y'all in the Sunday school class, and he come back and reported back, you know. Uh, but that's how people are. And, uh, and that's, that's the great part. But listen, we can talk all about fellowship with people, okay? And how wonderful and how great and how important that is. But the most important fellowship, the most important fellowship, listen, is the fellowship that you and I can have with the Almighty. With the perfect, the one that is sitting on the throne of God of heaven and earth. That's the most important fellowship that we have. And you and I know that at one time in Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, that, that fellowship with God, Adam and Eve, it was perfect. It was ideal. It was perfect. It was a perfect union and a perfect fellowship with God. But then sin entered the world and through Adam and Eve. And it, when sin entered the world, because God cannot be in the presence of sin, it separated that fellowship from Him. And so God and man are now completely separated from one another. And then later we read that Jesus came and he died on the cross for us and he, he took on the weight of our sin so that if we would confess our sin to him, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God would save us. And, and what the cross and the gospel does is bring us right back to that fellowship with God. You see, apart from Christ, you are and you are not in fellowship with God. And if you were to draw your last breath here today, you will spend eternity completely separated from Him. If, you are, if you're separated from God now, guess what? You will be separated from God when you die and go to eternity. But Christ has come to make a way for that fellowship to be brought back together. Fellowship with people is important. But fellowship with the Lord is even most important, more important. So I want to ask you, do you have fellowship with God? Do you just know God, believe in God like the demons do? Or do you have fellowship with Him because of the gospel, because of Jesus? Have you confessed your sins? Have you confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord? Do you believe in your heart that He died on the cross and was risen from the dead? Have you, uh, have you received the gospel and trusted the gospel so that that fellowship can be brought back together. I hope you have. But if not, I've prayed for this time, a time of invitation, that you would trust in the Lord and that your fellowship would be brought back to its rightful place with God Himself. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, we're thankful for you. Lord, we're thankful for fellowship. We're thankful for Carrie and Amy and their heart for fellowship. God, help us to uh, 
Lord, be mindful everywhere we go to the fellowship. Help us to use and to listen to opportunities, to listen to kind of trigger points and trigger conversations of fellowship. And Lord, help us to be faithful. When those times come, Lord, help us to be faithful in fellowship, biblical fellowship. But Lord, now I, I just trust that with a crowd of this size, there are people here who they may have great fellowship with people, other people, but Lord, they do not have fellowship with you. And Lord, I just pray, God, during this invitation, Lord, as I'm down front, and Lord, they could come and pray, there's other people that are coming to pray. Lord, during this time, Lord, they would pray, Ask, ask you, Lord, to forgive them of their sins. Confess Jesus as Lord. Trust in Him. And Lord, that their broken fellowship because of their sin, their sin can be renewed and forgiven and removed and covered up. And Lord, because of that, their fellowship will be reunited back with the Lord, back with God. Listen, if that's you, today is for you. We've gathered to honor the Lord, to worship Him in our singing, and our preaching, and our praying, and our fellowship. But we've also gathered together so that you can hear the gospel, so that you can hear the name of Jesus, and that your broken fellowship can be reunited back with Him. Do you need that? Would you come?